Hey everyone, this is Joel Barsky with Ari Chat. You were just listening to Heavy Meditation by the Chinese Connection Dub Embassy, also known as CCDE. We had such a great time chatting with Joseph and David Higgins of CCDE in Memphis, Tennessee that we ran on for almost an hour talking. Since we could only include over 9 minutes of the footage on the show, we thought we aired the audio version on YouTube and on our podcast. Even though in the series this interview was our second episode, it would be considered episode 1 on the podcast. So enjoy the Irie chat as we say what's up to the guys. Alright, welcome guys to the show, and first of all, I want to just say thank you for uh, joining us on the show today. Well, thank um, you for The first Whatever. question I want to ask you guys is that I know you all opened up for Kimani Marley back yep. in July. Um, how was meeting the guy? Oh, man. I'm going to say specifically for me, this is, that was a dream come true because I literally am one of the biggest fans of the Marley family as a whole. And the, for Kamali Marley to come to Memphis when he could have went to, not saying like Memphis is, oh, but I was just saying, there's so many other places that I see their stops like Atlanta, uh, California, Florida, or even New Orleans. Um, them to come to Memphis and then for the crowd to just give them so much energy. It was like one of the biggest reggae shows in Memphis that day. And just to be a part of that, you know, from putting, helping putting it together to just, while performing there, it was like, ah, dream come true for me. <laughs> but I, the same thing. The one thing I noticed about Kamani Marley is family. Family yes, oriented. Yeah. He brought his whole family, the kids, the cousins, everything. The Marley family, that's, that's what stabilizes them. That's what keeps them grounded. They're, they're tight knit. That's, that's one thing about us. One of the reasons, like, we've been one of the longest lasting reggae bands in Memphis, Mid South, Bluff City. <laughs> Family, just so we can keep the family, keep our friends close uh, from from church to, to reggae music to punk rock, everything in between. We, 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 we keep we keep a, a tight group around us. And like he was saying, uh, to be a part of bringing reggae music back to the Mid-South, back to Memphis, Tennessee, and to be a part of that, that's, that's beautiful. That's history. So... And then yeah. say something else about that that really kind of inspired me just to know that when uh, meeting Kamani after the show and to know that he was just extra humble. In my mind, like I met, like I'm not gonna name no names. I met people that are up here <laughs> level. And it's kind of one of those things that I want to. I love your music, but the person, uh, <laughs> he was just so cool, man. He was just telling me about some of the. Uh, like the history of some of his songs that he had, even the movie um, Shatas that he did, we were just talking about that. I was like, man, this is a down to earth guy. I was like, but it was all good vibes for sure. It was good. Yeah, I, I ask because uh, I, I believe like every time you meet a Marley or one of the Marley uh, family members, uh, you kind of just feel like that Marley vibe. Yes, you yes, really yes. you really yes. do. Descending from Bob Marley, like, yeah. Stephen Marley. I, it, it just felt like so grateful for me and the guy. Bless, so cool, like, just down to earth. And, and it was good, kind of piggyback with what David was saying, the whole family aspect, when he brought his son on stage, and just to see uh, uh, present, future, that kind of thing going on, like, it was just like, man, that was, it was, it was a treat. It was a treat. Yeah. <laughs> that was a blessing just to be a part of that, because we, we both been for the Whalers, both different incarnations, the original Whalers, in the Whalers band, mm -hmm. but and they they played with Marley. They shared the stage with Marley. They toured whatever they're responsible for just helping his career. But to actually meet the the, the family, the son, yeah. <laughs> you feel that past, present, like you said, yeah. the future, all in one at one time. It's just like, oh my gosh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever Ivy is, there it is. Like, I'm, I'm feeling it. That's it. That. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one of the many times that I felt that way. But that was awesome, awesome. <laughs> so one thing I'm really interested to know is where did the name Chinese Connection go? From? <laughs> CCDE. Uh, where did that name come I gotta, from? I got I got to do the Chinese Connection. Okay, part. go for it. So no, me and Omar, my some older time brother. To get some of these wings. Bro. Okay, <laughs> you, you, oh, get your wings. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> no, 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 but the the Chinese Connection. 
That portion came from um, a movie we, we, we grew up watching. It, it, it was originally titled um, Mr. Fury. They, they changed the name because there was a big movie, a French Connection, that came out here. They thought if they messed with the name a little bit, they could get those kind of fans, the, to, the American fans, to latch on to this Bruce Lee film. So they changed the title to the Chinese Connection. And we watched the movie. We didn't know any of that. We just loved Bruce Lee. And um, then we started understanding the, the, the theology behind that specific movie and the, the race relations within that movie mm -hmm. and him fighting against political rule and injustice and him just down to the very end, the very end. And that we were like, that's it. That, <laughs> that's it. They fight political rule, fight against injustice, fight against, you know, bigotry. We were like, that's we want to represent that. So Chinese Connection, we adapted that name. We're not the first to incorporate Kung Fu and Reggae. has been done. But to shoot for the top, Bruce Lee, he's the top. That's the mecca. When you think Kung Fu, Kung Fu, Wushu, um, uh, Jeet Kune Do, you think Bruce Lee. You think Bruce Lee. So, And the dub embassy, I'll let Joseph. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of that Chinese connection. Oh, get to get to and when you think of Bruce Lee, and another thing that really kind of stood out, when you think of Bruce Lee, unity is what he yes. represents. Yes. And we see ourselves as those, that, in a sense, the exact, not Bruce Lee, but we, we want to bring people together in any kind of way, shape, form, or fashion. But the dub embassy part, um, that dub is like... Um, manipulation of sounds with delays heavy uh, into the reggae community you hear it with especially like Lee Scratch Perry yeah. people like that really brought it to the forefront and really made dub something more than just uh, going into the studio and putting a little bit of reverb or something on really making that an art form and being like dub being something and we put we do that a lot in our music and that's that out there without dub reggae can't really Go where it needs to go because it's just gonna sound like what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, um, not clear, not cruise music, but uh, generic, generic. Yeah, there you go. But uh, embassy part, uh, we see ourselves as a safe haven. Literally, everybody, anybody can come and rock with our shows. Don't have to worry about any negativity. We try to make that. We explain that when you see us on stage that we 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 love everybody. Black we don't white. tolerate any kind of. Um, hate anything in our shows. When we start seeing that, we you'll see like three people on fake security guards. Time to get these. <laughs> time to get these people out there. But yeah, that's the uh, in a nutshell. That's what. <laughs> uh, I know you all formed, I believe, back in 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that come to be? Wow. Uh, it actually is sponsored. My brother Omar had a group called Fire mm -hmm. Foundation, and we actually like on the tail end of that run. He asked us to play a show with him at this big block party, Stop the Violence block party up in, um, what was that? Claiborne, uh, Claiborne Foot, Foot Homes. And from there, he was like, man, it's time to, it's time to create a new kind of thing because the people that he had with him, love him to death, but he was like, it's time to step into something new because I'm seeing the change in not only himself, but in the city. And we need to bring some uh, unity back here. And, um, with that, the, wow, I remember it was the summer of 2010. We were like, almost like, that's when David and them saw the uh, Chinese connection and all that stuff. And we literally like, yeah, it's that time. We all, because we've been playing together for years. <laughs> In church, uh, outside of church, school, all that stuff. And then when reggae's always been a love of our whole family. Our mother, West Indian descent, she got us into reggae from birth. <laughs> so, I followed you. Right. It only seemed right. It only seemed like something, especially it was more than just a, um, what do you call it? Just a certain uh, a feeling, I guess, musically wise. This was, a, this was embedded in us. Reggae, country, rock, all that stuff. But reggae being that thing that just, oh, <laughs> something that we felt like we had to do. Well, I know you all have been performing almost uh, over almost a decade now. Yeah. Uh, any good stories to share while you've been performing? <laughs> One of my favorite that pops in my head 
was um winning the Walker Winter Classic mm. in 2015. Because we had competed the year before in 2014, and it was like the last one. And if you got if you won this competition, you were gonna perform alongside with the Roots, NACO and Medicine for People, and all, all these all these big bands. And we absolutely knew we were going to make sure we won that competition. <laughs> we were like, this is the last one. And we partnered with our friends in Roots Rebellion and did this big Tennessee reggae takeover. Well, we were like, man, y'all got to win in Nashville. Omar motivated them. He motivated us. He was like, we're going to win. We're going to go all the way to Wakarusa. We're just going to do this big Tennessee reggae takeover. It happened. So just that, that was just confirmation that if you see it, you visualize mm -hmm. it, that law of attraction, it's real, man. It's real. Like, like, as long as you're positive and you got the right people around you, you can't be stopped. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you're always gonna have ups and downs because we're in a fallen world. Let's just face it. There's always gonna be turmoil. It's always gonna be issues. But if you come together with like-minded people, right, and y'all on the same page for the most part, <laughs> you can make some incredible things happen. And that was incredible. It's like deep down, I knew we were gonna win. Like I wasn't sure. I wasn't <laughs> sure how, but I knew we were gonna make it happen. And, it, it was like a scene out of a movie. They were, and your winner is. Everybody was like, oh man. I was like, yeah, he's going to say Chinese. And, and I just went out in the back, like they have a back door to the back. It was actually the same place that we played with Kamani Marlin. Uh, we, I went out to the back patio. I was just like, whew, it's done. Almost like a relief, like we're done. Whatever happens, happens. Our rhythm guitarist at the time, <laughs> lead guitarist at the time, Cal Jackson, right. who passed away. He was like, oh man, oh gee, he's always been let down. <laughs> so bless his heart, he was like, oh man, we're not gonna win. Win his Chinese connection. Oh my, grabs him on the head, kisses him on the forehead, loses <laughs> his mind. I'm like, oh my, jumping around. They up there doing cartwheels. <laughs> like, Good lord, what? <laughs> Is this what they say now? Oh, oh, <laughs> so that was like one of my favorite moments that I could think of. Other than um, when we sold out the newbies. Oh uh, yeah, theater. Oh yeah, in 2014. That, that was like during a snowstorm. <laughs> the power of Molly, man. During a snowstorm, two, 2014. We 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 left our mother's house and we were like, I don't know if anybody's gonna show up. We got this Molly tribute coming up. It's 2014. It's cold. Man, people showed out. It's still on. It's still online. The pictures out there, video footage is out there. That was two of them. Especially when looking at like the, uh, I guess the track, not the track record, but the uh, attendance thing on the computer. Um, like we had tickets. It was like only like 150, 160 sold. This place fits 500 people. <laughs> uh, we get there. It, it was a little discouraging. Nobody we walked in. There was nobody in there. We get up, set up everything. Other band, uh, other bands come in, set up. Literally, when the first note was played, when the first <laughs> note was played, there was about 250, 250 people in there. And they kept going. By the second act, the place was almost to capacity. By the time we got on stage, they had to let people, couldn't let people in there. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, wow, that was, was the, that was the official start of Tennessee reggae right, right then. Us, Roots Rebellion, that whole crew, Floor Lords, right. LTG, hmm? uh, all of them. <laughs> Man, Yoshua Dine. Shout out to all of them. Yeah, shout out to all of them. Juju Bushman, all of them. Yeah. But um, I mean, for, me, for me, one of like the things that really hit home with me is like our one of our first times out of town because we've always been a band that's not so much focused on man how much money is it going to be to go out here how much money will by feeling like we feel like like Dave was talking about he felt like something was going to happen at that Wakarusa thing that we were going to win it and um with 2012 we went out to we went to we did something that people look at as oh that's kind of crazy y'all don't have the budget for it we went from Memphis to Chattanooga and in Chattanooga literally nine hours to Springfield, Springfield. Missouri for but all the shows were free but what was crazy about the whole thing not only did we uh, uh, get a chance to bond as a band a family all that good stuff our cousin drove us to <laughs> Brian well Brian and um, 
with we, no sleep. With no that sleep. man was just, <coughs> good lord. That, that was man was on eye. But uh, we ended up we ended up meeting like people that still like Josh Heinrich, Cass Haley, Cass Haley uh, Skillinger, Skillinger, Friends uh, Island Lions, Rosalinda. Like literally, we met all these people on. Just trusting our gut and going out there and being like, I think that was the last Hempfest. That was the last Hempfest. Wow, the last Walker Rules the last Hempfest. And we literally got a call to be on that the following year. What? For no, no, I'm saying before. Like literally, like five days before we left. Oh yeah. Literally, it was like this is a no-brainer. We need to get a rental car, go out there, do <laughs> we we hit Chattanooga to get some gas money to get over there. They played a great <laughs> show with Malele Roos. Shout out to them too, Malele Roos, Christian, and the fam. That show will forever stand. That run, well, that three-day run will forever be engraved in my heart because literally, I saw a band of brothers just literally go from just playing music to actually making this uh, a career because mm-hmm. yeah, it literally because we you can you can always play a couple of shows or whatever but literally we were trying to make we were we were making it our life so <laughs> our livelihoods and everything but yeah anyway yeah. it was a, it was a good vibe that whole show was man it's amazing. <laughs> um, one thing i've heard recently is that uh, Memphis has deep roots in uh, reggae music. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is that? Oh my God! <laughs> I just want to start by just the whole Rasta influence, right? On a mainstream level, I, to give him any credit is is weird, but Elvis <laughs> has some credit in that because uh, "Crying in the Chapel," which was a cover, he he did he he took he covered "Crying in the Chapel." And Bob Marley heard that version and did a song called Selassie in the Chapel, which is basically a praise and worship to Holly Selassie, his imperial majesty. And, and it was very stripped down, not bingy, drum, drum sessions and acoustic guitar, and him just singing about Selassie. And that was the first Rastafari album. Rastafarian song <laughs> that was actually that he ever put out, mm-hmm. and from there people just started hearing that word. What is Ross? What's Rasta? Right. What, what was Holly Selassie? Who is? What is this? Who is this guy? So that added more to the mystique of Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. And but this mystique was actually just spiritual, life music, and yeah, that that, that Memphis has a little influence mm-hmm. in that in that way. And not only that song, but but many other songs have been sampled, like Mr. Big Stuff, right, uh, Sister Big Stuff, Sister by, Big Stuff, No 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 by Don Penn, which uh, was actually I forget the lady's name who did who originally did that No 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 song, but that's a Memphis standard that people people to this day are like, oh, I thought that was just a regular regular. No, it's a. a you can find it on YouTube, people. No, uh, no. <laughs> so many reggae artists, they right. listen to song music. They, they covered Al Green, yes. down to Stax artists. The, the list goes on and on. Booker T and MGs. Booker T and MGs, yeah. So Memphis and reggae go almost hand in hand. They got a strong yeah. connection. Because if you even think about strong it, like connection. the actual, the, well, what's the guys name the guitarist? Uh, Ernest Wrangler. Ernest Wrangler. They, yep, got, the they got that from like New Orleans. And Mississippi, and what is it called? The Triangle? Yeah. The Magnolia Triangle. Yeah, it's like they got that. Literally, Memphis is like right by, like, it's cousins right there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. no, no, it's definitely played a heavy, heavy influence that some people don't even know. So they need to know. So this, do your this, homework, people. No, no, no. Research. So. I heard recently even talking about reggae music is taboo here in Memphis. Oh yes. <laughs> Why is that? Man, it's uh, this city is built off blues and uh, rock and roll. To hear something other than that <laughs> and rap, of course, and rap, and oh, to, yeah. hear, to hear something outside of that, they're like, uh, and and and, what, and just even uh, not not a history, but for us to even be playing as long as we've been playing in Memphis. It's taboo because people literally. I remember the days we just tried to play a event. I'm not even gonna name venues, but we tried <laughs> to play certain venues in Memphis, and they just gave us like a look, like, uh, I don't know if reggae, or, 
man, I don't know either. Like, and then when we get into the venues and we express like our our uh, our vibe in general. People are like, man, this is something much needed. Even people that don't even listen to reggae. We played, a, uh, what was that, a biker club, biker bar. biker bar. And he was like, man, I don't listen to reggae, but I like you guys. I was like, so is it? <laughs> I don't want to know the I rock with it. I rock with it. And, um, man, it, it's just something different that people are just now starting to get used to. If you even think of, like, the whole uh, tropical pop music, like, Justin Bieber has did it. Uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, P- different uh, people. Have made Every it. year there's a reggae song on <laughs> right. the charts. Every year, a dance hall, reggae right. song. In Memphis, now there's no different. Like right. every year, you're gonna be getting great reggae music from this point on. Right. Like we got Kamani's coming back. Right. That That's news. But the Marley Tribute, Live Up Fest, it's gonna be bigger and better every year. And despite the 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 Let's just be real. This the hate and the the, the, the toxic problems we have in this city, the systemic disorders and stuff. We need something like this. Right. We need something like reggae music because it, it just it adds a little bit more of a balance to everything. Right, you know? right. Yeah, it's it's life music. It's life music. It's the only place you only genre of music that will cover the gamut of everything. You can't go into a biker bar and sing gospel music. You can't go into a jazz club and do a Kojic song. You can't go into a blues club and do a, a, a Christian contemporary song. But with their reggae music, you got praise and worship in there. You got bar music, resort music, sunshine reggae, justice, uh, truth and rights. You got you know, all kinds of influences within reggae music. And, it's, it's it's life music, yeah. so, and it's necessary. They ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one thing I really love about reggae music is that it adapts to different genres. So there's mm-hmm. like a mix of like punk rock. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's ska. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have some like R&B. Yes, yes definitely. There's rock, you know, yeah. rock and roll into reggae. Mm-hmm. There's, Feel like reggae music is like one genre that can adapt to anything. anything. What you said, exactly. It's like a chameleon, yeah. and that's where we cut our teeth. At. Since there was no reggae scene, the only place we played was punk rock bars, right? And we almost had to kind of conform a little bit. And we, within our sets, we would do punk rock songs and stuff like, kind of like the Police, the uh, Sting and Stuart Copeland before Andy Summers joined the band. They were a lot more punk rock with a little bit of, not even the reggae aspect wow. yet, but that's kind of how we had to do it in the beginning because we love all kinds of music, but we love reggae. Reggae was what was the bread and butter. And you know, to just kind of ease into these <laughs> scenes, we were doing something that was unheard of. We played every punk rock, metal, <laughs> grindcore venue in the city. And I, so, Man, like to piggyback on what David saying, that's one thing that literally um, opened the audiences up to us. And we do like we were like, yeah, we love every kind of music. Like literally, if you went if you went through a record, uh, our record collection, it's everything. everything. You can't find like it's just a little bit of this. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's everything. And in Memphis, we really brought that to the forefront of it, showing people that man. Let's unify through all these subgenres. And literally, they have, people have always looked at us like, man, you're over in the hip hop, uh, 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 what is it called? The, not genre, the hip hop uh, area community. 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 Yeah, in the uh, rock community. It's like, man, you don't know. We've been doing this since uh, for years and literally have been trying to tell people. I don't know how people are like looking at the hall, oh, there they go, that unity stuff again. People, you don't understand. This is what's gonna bring us together. What are you? Right. What are you? <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta break those walls. Right. So Molly did it. Uh huh. You know, the list goes on. Gotta break break down <laughs> those barriers. We are Christian too. I'm just gonna be real. Christ, he would, he preached the gospel everywhere. He went. He he didn't go to just churches. Right. He went, he went to the slums. He right. went to the, the pimps, the mm-hmm. prostitutes. Uh, the charlatans. Of the, our, one of our main places where we well earlier that we were uh, in church, was literally was literally the the poor zip code in Memphis, 
We went, you know, people, in the United States. In the United States, right, my bad. Zip codes in the United States. And literally, we went in each Sunday, each Sunday, trying to tell people, hey, there's a better way of doing stuff. There's a better, and literally, Omar being like one of the key people that would try to take, because he uh, was one of the, uh, what is it, what would you call them? Uh, music directors? Music, no, for the kids. The, uh, oh, oh um, youth uh, leaders. Youth leaders. He was one of the youth leaders, and literally, we went in there in the places that people are like, why are y'all going in there? Why are y'all going? Well, if we're not going to do it, who, who's going to do it? And man, that just brought a whole new light to, yeah, to us, to our music, to the city, I think, because literally, there were things that people, like people were real like, uh, uh, I'm over here in this area, I'm over here in this area. I've literally seen in the past four or five years more people slowly but surely coming closer and closer again, no matter the genre, the color, anything. But yeah, I, I like to think that we play, <laughs> we played a part in that, but nah. <laughs> well, I know you all came out with the album, The Firm Foundation, a few years ago. What's the meaning behind that album? Oh man, what's crazy is the, the to start the name, the Firm Foundation. That was the the first. That's the band that introduced us into the Chinese Connection Dubbers. So that that we're paying homage to that, and just the foundation. We're trying to set the drum, bass, guitar, keys. Before we get to any of the other the singing and stuff, we're gonna set something strong that literally you can. You could like put ill. Well, we could because we were we were known for backing a lot of artists, and without that foundation, we figured that we figured they would never be able to. Uh, uh, what's the word? Go as far as we need to to that strong. And that's and, purposely why we put instrumentals on the right, record right. that are just straight instrumentals and no vocals. Mm -hmm. We want people to just listen to the foundational rhythm and just vibe off the music right. itself and showing that this is reggae music. We started it out with the Peking Rhythm for the instrument. Right. We just want you to just hear the reggae music as itself, the foundation, and then we get into, you know, tiring, get ready, all the songs with the vocals, the praise and worship songs, like, that we're gonna let you go. But yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's one of the many reasons. <laughs> we titled the firm foundation. And, and I can't go without giving John Fayette uh, a friend of ours who was in a psychobilly band <laughs> and a punk rock band. He he actually even suggested it. When we were we were in the beginning stages trying to figure out a name for for the album, he was like, Man, why don't you just go with Firm Foundation? Because <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> when I tell you we were sitting looking trying to figure out a name for the album for at least three weeks to a month and then the hit him just say like it was right under all the time. And like everything started making sense. We were like, okay, because this and this and this was the first thing. Everything we just said. <laughs> so yeah, it's had so much meaning to it. So. No, I love it. It's a it's a great album. Yeah, it's, it's awesome that you put instrumentals, especially when you, you know, open up with Peking right. and then jump into Tyrant. Yeah. Right. So you guys know that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Like it definitely makes sense. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that album came out a few years ago, so can we expect any new music mm. from you all anytime soon? Uh, 2020, we're coming out with, we've been telling people about this album for, what? <laughs> <laughs> two years. About like two years, years now. We got, and what's crazy is we got, uh, <laughs> we got so many records already, like, in the can ready. Um, I've seen you all perform, and I noticed during the performance you give a shout out to Omar Higgins, mm -hmm. um, who is your brother. So just for those who are not familiar, familiar with it, uh, who is Omar Higgins? Man, that, that is a hard thing to explain, but this man is, a, is an advocate for unity. He's somebody that literally Almost if he had if he had a dollar left, he'd give you most of that. Now, uh, just people that we know uh, have been like falling down on luck with music. Like when it's not, we're not uh, getting as big as we want to be. Uh, this isn't going right with me. Omar's being that guy. Like, hey man, it's gonna get better. Follow these steps. Almost giving people blueprints. And this is how we did it. This is how. This is how you need to go about it. This is how you need to uh, have a clear mind. You need to have a. a Get rid of some of your vices that's holding you back. Uh, uh, love more. Stop to get, uh, get away from a lot of negative. Negative. That's one thing that he kept trying to get the priest. That we're gonna keep uh, 
preaching to everybody to keep as much negativity out of your life as possible. Mm. I, even if that even that comes with having to leave or let go of people that you love. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Omar, just um, as a, a brother, the best when it came to just being a just a good person, comedic, so many layers to him. Mm. Uh, he wasn't just one one way even though he was but but if that makes any sense like he he was he he was tough when he needed to be but he was also very very humble very very just considerate when he needed to be as well he had his, his times where he was like he he had his Omar day like Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesday was all right. He said, leave me alone I just want this my day to just chill <laughs> and we respected that but he deserved it even a lot more and um but uh, like he was saying, uh, even from just creating, uh, I remember asking him, like, what's, what's your ultimate goal? He said, I want to build like a musical family as well. Like he had this immediate family, but he wanted to build a musical family. And coming out of the punk rock scene, and he was a promoter, New York, he's got friends literally all over the world. And, and, he, and when it came to his music, he was kind of like, uh, Somebody that that loves to, to to help out rescues, like he would take the misfits, right. misfit kids, and the kids that are struggling, and he would find what they what they shine in, and make up for their weak spots by bringing them together, and like we make each other better. Because everybody, whoever played in either our punk rock bands or our reggae bands or anything project we did, it was never about chops. By, by chops, I mean. Your, your musical expertise, you being a great musician or anything like that. He really looked at the spirit. Is this a good person? Uh, does this person have ambition? Does this right. person want to, like, especially from our experience with playing with him since, like, in church in 2007 and to playing more live with him in 09, on up. And he he just, like, being around people that were, were, were scarred and didn't really have an idea of what they wanted to do and he was said, well, come come with me man I, I can I can help you out a little bit I can I can I can if you love playing music and you like you you can vibe with the family let's do it so in that in that way Cause I want to keep that going too because even right. if you think of Chinese Connection Dub Embassy we've had so many from drummers to guitarists saxophone players horn players so other uh, singers and stuff rock with us because like David said Omar wanted to bring a musical community of people and just bring to so bring something it's not about self that's what that's right. one thing he wasn't a self person right. he was really really trying to bring as much people together as possible and that's something that we're definitely gonna <laughs> gonna carry on right yeah. um yeah and i know he's a big part of the community like even mentioning his name to some right. people <laughs> right. um, and like he his name is comes with a lot of respect yes. when you mention um, him, but yeah, he, um, he's definitely, from what I've uh, read about him and even talking to other people, I understand he's like a big hero in Memphis. Yes, man, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, still talking about Omar, is there anything that you all do to keep his memory alive since, since he passed away? Man, uh, of course, <laughs> almost at every show, <laughs> like you said, every show we want to let people know, and we're, we're CCD comes from and where uh, all his other projects come from is he's um, the music of course we got coming out we get to doing that and literally stuff like uh, he set up around Christmas time is something called Hooligans for the Homeless that Omar just goes he went and he started last year and um, he just goes around he gets like a whole bunch of toiletries and stuff for the homeless gets like a little bag him and a friend of ours Larry, Larry. Uh, put together like a care package, like 200 uh, presents, kind of set up present line. We just go around Memphis and we see a homeless person. We literally just pull off to a big group of black guys, just pull off to <laughs> hey, you, take this, Merry Christmas. And the thing about it, the thing about it, we try to let people know, we're not doing that for, uh, I did something good today kind of thing. It's because it needs to be done. Right. And, um, if we can't live, we're not a brother's keeper in any sense. I mean, we might as well. It, it, like I like I said earlier, that money was never the 
uh, motivation. motivation behind this. It's always been to help, to uh, build, to uh, uh, give up people fellowship. a fellowship, a better understanding of life in general. Because like David said earlier, we're living in a fallen world and people right now are just looking for something to grab onto. And I would love for us to be that 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 thing that brings joy to people more than look grabbing into something extremely negative. Right. I would like for as much positivity out of us to <laughs> go on to them in some sense. But yeah, um through like things like that, like hooligans for the homeless, like even through um uh like we musicians for Labana, we just released a remake of our song Heavy Meditation and put like some of our best friends on it, uh um uh, and it's literally, cause no money from us is going straight to the kids because that's something that that he held, like specifically me, David, and Omar were, wanted to bring to like the hospital. Because even when that whole idea, our friend Justin Jagger came up to us about it, we were like, and like he always says, it was a no brainer. He hit me up, I'm gonna say like 3.30 on a Tuesday. I responded to him at 3.39. I went into nine minutes late. I was like, yes, Dad, just tell us when we need to be there because, because this is it's a, it's big, this is literally bigger than us. Chinese Connection Dub Embassy, everything uh, that Omar has, has done and put forth into the world is bigger than us. And we see that as a blessing that he, even though he's not here in the physical, he left something that we're going to, Ah, uh, treasure for my kids, my <laughs> grandkids, and all of them. They're gonna see this. And be like, that's all, that's all, blah 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 blah, whatever. And we'll be like, we had a part to do with that too, son. No, 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 but uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what we plan to keep on, uh, keep his name alive in the city. And people are helping us doing it too. Well, like there's a mirror up there. A friend of ours, that another David made uh, up here on Lamar literally of Omar and then in a couple of the venues they got like pictures of Omar up there. It's, it's That's another day. <laughs> There's another day. This right. <laughs> artist named David are like just drawing Omar all over the city. His name, his image, his right. likeness. And then behind the, uh, one of the venues, this is a big Omar mural. It's crazy. It's like all around there because you really see how much he was loved in this city and abroad, like you got people in the UK, Brazil, like, man, I just found out about Omar, I hate Germany. this happening, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> see, see and, always, and that's something I always uh, held on to when, I always, when we always said that money's never been a factor, because people in places that we don't even think we're reaching are, uh, it's building them up more than we could ever even think. We think, oh, it's just a Memphis thing we got going. No, it's something. <laughs> it's something way bigger than we could even fathom. Even, but yeah. That <laughs> well, I know you all um, help have a or you have a key role in uh, developing Mojo Festival in yes. every mm -hmm. So, what exactly is uh, Mojo Festival? Mojo Festival is going to be the ultimate Memphis experience. Because we're taking, we're gonna we're gonna get some uh, other artists, uh, bigger artists that, but they're Memphis rooted. But we're here to try to bring every like the artists that people always be like, oh you're just local, oh you're just local. We want to put them on the same stages as like uh, Cardi B, Gary Clark, you know, all these different people. We we're, we're trying to show people that Memphis. Uh, that that's one thing about Memphis. We. As a as a Memphian, you kind of get a little spoiled with saying, "Man, I can get a I can hear a, a great band on Bill Street or Midtown anytime. I'm gonna wait till this time and go see them." But around the world, you got places like in I want to say like in Texas that they really treasure these uh, acts and like, man, I may not see this guy again. Let me go see him, kind of thing. And Memphis, you got so many of the same kind of genre of music that people are like, I can catch this on a Wednesday, I can catch this on a Friday. So we want to kill that stereotype and be like, man, this person, this person from the hip hop, blues, rock, folk, punk rock, reggae, they're, they're special. That's better. And you don't need to wait till a bigger festival to come up. I'm not going to name no festivals, but y'all know what festival <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> um, to go see these people because literally, uh, we got so many treasures here, musical treasures, and we just want to 
put those to the forefront at Mojo Festival, and which is crazy. We had a meeting about, was when we first started talking about Mojo Festival, like a little over a year ago at a little diner up the street. And um, we were like, man, what can we do in Memphis to, it goes, it goes back to what I've been saying pretty much. This is bigger than us, community, all this stuff. We're like, what can we do to show the Memphis musicians that you are and you are of value? Because uh, I've, I've experienced it. I know a lot of other musician friends of mine have experienced where you just get to a point where like, man, are they, do they really want to come see me? Do they really, <laughs> am I doing enough or whatever? And uh, Mojo Fest is going to definitely be a one of the, if not the only one of the first festivals that really cater to the musician. So, it's amazing. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned Mojo Festival that you're working on that. You're still doing a lot of live performances. Yes. Um, what keeps CCDE and uh, motivated performing such great music? <laughs> Man, the people, the people, music, the life. <laughs> in general, it just keeps us going. Because when I literally, when like after, for instance, after Omar passed, I, we could get into the dumps and be like, "Man, I'm not gonna." It's not the same. It's never going to be the same. But it's like we have we have a not an obligation. Our, uh, I guess it's, it's just something that. Um, I'm trying to find the words to say, yeah, I'm going to let it's you in, say it. It's embedded. It's, it's, embedded. it's something that's just, uh, at this point, we, 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 we found, I know it was originally Omar's vision, but we just found a reason to, 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 to keep going with his vision, even though he, he because I'm just going to be, be completely real. Even when he was out on his back, couldn't get up in pain, he still wanted to perform. Right. He was asking me about a festival. He was like, man, what about fools about coming up? Like, dude, you can't get up. Like, you're sick. And, and even while he was in the hospital, you know, some of his last days, he's talking about, man, when I get out of here, we're working on the record. Like, he's all, he's thinking of getting back out there, getting back in the studio. And, and he, he even told us, he said, no matter what happens in here, I want y'all to take it, keep going, keep it going. Like, don't stop. And, and after everything happened with him, I did fall into like like the dumps a little bit, like wanting to just give it up. But then friends, family, pastors, uh, father, brothers, everybody just came together, just motivated us to to, to do it and keep it going, keep all his his projects going and um, anything he started, you know, because um it, it means something to us too. Right. Our mother prayed over it. Um, uh, our father, he's it's it's in a, it's in our blood. It's, right. it's music is in, and but we just you can't fight it. It's just a part <laughs> of us, you know. I tried a lot of other things. I uh, went to school and everything. Got a degree in art, but music's just just the way everything was coming. Just it's like clockwork. It just it came so second nature. Right. Even when I started playing guitar at thirteen, stopped for a couple of years, picked it back up. Still a teenager. It just, it came so easy. It, it just came easy and um, developed an appreciation, a love, the community aspect. And it's just been a part of our life, all our life. And that's what it means to me, just to keep, keep not only just his legacy alive and, and, and just what music means to me at this point. Like, I just want to keep it, take it as far as we can and, and keep his legacy going honor his last, one of his last requests. Yeah. yeah. What's crazy is that even thinking the first president, you said the Kamani Marley show, that was one of the last things we were talking about. The Kamani, just the, that's why that show like has got a whole, like a special place in my heart because he was like, man, y'all, this, this reggae stuff we're doing right now is something that's, I keep saying this, but it's so true. <laughs> it's bigger than us. And he was just like, even on like some of his last days, he was like, man, we got to keep bringing some, some positivity to this city, to this world, because it's, it's, it's looking weird out here. We don't know what's going on because so many people are, as everybody knows, so many people are just trying to pull people away from doing right. the right thing. Right. And try to pull people away from 
but just 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 being free <laughs> in a sense of but, but that's something that we're gonna definitely try to keep to the forefront of our music, how we live, all that stuff. So. All right. Please do. As a, as a big fan of uh, CCD, I love to see uh, you all just continue producing great music. Yes, yes. Uh, another album, yes. more hits. Um, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on you. <laughs> yes, please. I mean, I'm definitely rooting you guys just to continue doing great music. Yes, man. Uh, so I want to ask any upcoming performances for you guys that we can expect? So uh, we got some stuff in a couple of things left in 2019, but 2020, man, we're starting that year off. I'm not gonna, how do I say this? I don't want to tell you exactly what it is, but January 2020, be on the lookout because we got some from, literally we're gonna try to take each 12 months, each, each month has something coming, but uh, January 2020, that's what's really gonna pick up extra us because we've gotten so much love from people that literally want to see the band keep going and want to and I'll finally seeing like what Omar and me and David been placing out uh, for years to try to bring more people together bring other acts to Memphis get us outside of Memphis doing more stuff together so January 2020 <laughs> and the album all that stuff coming in um, yeah, some uh, friends of ours, some artists that we're actually going to be creating some stuff uh, that's kind of in the realm of reggae and hip-hop that we're going to be putting together that's coming soon. That may be even coming 2019, so be <laughs> so, uh, on the lookout for that for sure. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, so uh, I want to ask... I mean, I asked you guys a few questions. Um, anything I haven't asked that you want your fans to know about? Oh, man. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, if uh, we still have our GoFundMe page up for yes. Omar. Um, if y'all can, whatever you can give today. <laughs> I'm not going to say exactly what, how much, but yeah, we're still like in the in the red office and stuff. But anyway, but I I know, we know that literally just, y'all just keep loving each other more. Just keep um, trying to stay as positive as possible. I know it gets hard. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I know it gets hard, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. I mean, because even with like, uh, where we are right now in the whole political field, we need to start. <laughs> we need to start reading more. Start learning a little bit more each day of everything that's going on around us because we're in some weird times. <laughs> we need to. We definitely need to be as knowledgeable as possible. That's right. Uh, just pay attention, like you said. Stay unified. Uh, each one to each one. Um, share, share with each other. Knowledge, yes. yes. Any anything you can do if you see anybody in need, and you have just information that well, you can tell to help them to better themselves, please do that. Um, that's something I learned from this whole situation with Omar. Like, just just a lot, a lot more people are coming through and just sharing information, hints, and ideas. Um, other than that. Um, just, just keep fighting the good fight, man. Perseverance is key. Keep, keep, keep fighting through the good and bad, and try to try to stay as iry as possible yes, out there, man. Yes. Good stay vibes, iry. Keep, keep those good <laughs> vibes, man. There's always something, something to to continue on for, you know. And um, for those that are out there that are depressed, and you know, if the ones that's kind of still hit about the Omar situation or anything personally, or just the world itself or whatever, it's always going to be a better, it's always going to get better. Right. Understand the power of one. You change what you can. Take care of yourself, then take care of something else. Right. Love each other, love yourself, mm -hmm. and, and, and watch it just trickle down. Right. That's the power so, of positivity. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Well, uh, thank oh, you, guys. Oh, one more thing. Um, I have to say this. 
commercial time. I want to thank Central Barbecue for this. <laughs> the delicious wings. No, no, no. The wings. I'm so tasty. How stupid. Okay, no, no. One thing I'll mention is, uh, or uh, last thing I'll mention is, I know Joseph, it's your birthday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for spending time. Oh, no, man. Thank you. Uh, you want to give any birthday shout outs? Uh, I want to shout out the whole Higgins family, first yes. of all, for my, <laughs> for my Jacob, birthday. Uh, dad, everybody. Uh, thank you, thank you, brother. Yeah, all yeah, all this stuff. Uh, but this this birthday has been nothing but good vibes so far. That's going to continue into the night because we got something special going on there. But uh, just thank everybody that's been sending me all these, um, what you call them, texts, uh, Facebook things, emails, all this stuff. Just saying. So thank y'all because yeah. <laughs> without y'all, man, things like the, the the whole essence of being depressed in the time is just uh could be so it could be on my shoulders like crazy, but literally seeing people just just uh, join in and stay positive and just being more than what they have to be <laughs> in, the, in the sense. But just thank you, just thank you. Thank you. <laughs> There's nothing I can say besides thank you. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys for joining us on no, the show uh, today. Thank you. <laughs> joining us for having our iReach chat. Yes. Best of luck. I know you guys are performing tonight. <laughs> I'll definitely keep an eye out for any upcoming performances, yes, new music, yeah. new albums from you guys. So best of luck on everything. Bless, bless, bless. <laughs>